If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You are worth it. The visions you hold for yourself are worth it. It is not your job to get anyone else to buy your vision. Your vision is yours and yours alone. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. So the other day I was chatting with a few friends, one of whom recently put in his two weeks notice for a job that he's held for years upon years. And he looked at me and he asked me, am I crazy? I couldn't sleep last night thinking maybe everyone else is right. And I'm a fool to walk away, even when there's so much else I want to do. As I recounted that I felt the exact same way when I left my job over a decade ago, it hit me how really scary and daunting that time of my life was, but also how exhilarating it was to drop others' expectations for me, my life, my career, and to go on this journey of carving my own path. This conversation made me think a ton about those early days decisions I made, the fear I felt, the conviction I held for what I wanted. I mean, We've all heard the proud exclamations of no regrets when it comes to past mistakes or missteps people have made, because most often those mistakes led to new knowledge and perspective. And so we stand firm that even though it might have been something cringy or disappointing, ultimately, whatever mistakes we've made, they were totally worth the lesson learned. But get this, call me overly curious, but I was actually doing a little research about the origin of the word regret. And I think most of us think it means, I wish I could take back what I said or did in that certain situation. But actually, the word originated in the late 14th century from the old French word regretta, which means to long after, bewail, or lament someone's death. It actually has nothing to do with taking back our own actions and has more to do with honoring the past, even if it's in mourning. 
If we think in those terms of past mistakes we've made, I think it can actually be a wise thing to maybe regret our mistakes in the sense of lamenting or mourning them as a part of the moving on and learning process. Doesn't mean that we change anything or take back what we've done, but simply that we honor and recognize what's happened, where we went wrong, and then after recognizing it, we can take what we now know and move forward doing better. So today, let's talk about business regrets, meaning the things that I maybe did at the start of my business that I now have more information around and can proudly say that while I wouldn't necessarily change any decisions that I made, I can totally lament that I didn't always make the right ones early on, which by the way, it's more than okay and totally normal. But here's the thing, if I can help anyone else in their first year or years of running a business avoid these things, then I want to be as open and honest and candid as possible. I can without a doubt look back with appreciation for each of these mistakes because every one of them led me to where I am today. So I truly wouldn't take them back. Are you ready to live with no regrets? Here we go. New year, new goals, new podcast recommendations. Because if I know anything about you, it's that you love to work with earbuds in, listening to business advice and entrepreneurial secrets from the best of the best. So let me introduce you to my pal, John Lee Dumas, host of the hugely popular Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Each weekday, John features an interview with entrepreneurs changing the game and digs into topics that are interesting as they are actionable. How to start your own business during a global pandemic, how business schools set founders up for failure, and the secrets to scaling a business are just a few of those conversations that he's having over on EO Fire. Listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I honestly can't shake the thought of this meme that I saw where someone had gotten a no regrets tattoo, but they accidentally spelt regrets wrong and it reads no regrets. And I just keep laughing to myself as I think about that. So if I start chuckling during this episode, that's literally what I'm envisioning. But real quick, before we talk about the wrongs, I do want to make quick mention of the things that I felt went right early on that allowed me to grow quickly and reach the right people and lay a foundation for a solid business. I'm sorry, but my mom always taught me to seek out the positive in things, so I can't help myself. Before we talk about what I did wrong, let's talk about what we did right. Some of those right things include hiring an accountant to handle the tax and finance side of things, becoming legit legally right away by opening an LLC before I was even making money, sharing my work loudly and consistently on social media to attract more of my target audience, being bold and direct enough to send people direct messages or land in their inboxes asking if they might need my services. And I even made small financial investments into my business early on, like taking out a paid ad that ended up paying for itself within a week to promote the start of my new business. While some of those methods and the advice I offer around them might have shifted in the last decade, I'm honestly quite proud that I took a chance on myself by doing all of that while working a full-time job at the same time. Okay, so enough with the good stuff. Let's talk about the messy mistakes. That's why you're here. It is time I get to the juicy stuff, those mistakes, those missteps, and looking back now, just plain silly things that I did early on in business that I've learned buckets of lessons from and that I hope will help you learn and make better decisions too. So first, I wish I had understood that I should create with a purpose, not just for the sake of creating. So have you ever heard the advice, if you build it, they will come? 
Well, I took that a little too literally early on in my business. And I see new entrepreneurs do this all of the time. Just like you wouldn't build a house without a plan or a blueprint, it's important that anything you're creating for your business is tied to an end result. So if you're spending time, energy, or money on something, it's important to tie every action to this deeper purpose. So get this. When I first started out, I blogged five times a week for years, like literally years. I never missed a single day. I honestly don't even know how I came up with enough content to push out that many posts. And none of them really did anything for me beyond giving me an excuse to share a Facebook post, directing people to my blog before moving on to the next day. The posts didn't grow an email list. They didn't lead to another destination on my website. They didn't include strategic calls to action or set me up as an authority. Those daily blog posts were just content pieces created for the sake of creating. Essentially, they were like my online journal, the space to occasionally share my work without any information about how to work with me, book my services, or stay in touch. If I had either approached writing with this end result in mind and with more strategy or if I had reallocated that already limited time to create and promote just one piece a week, it would have served me so much better. Throwing a little strategy behind my creation process could have totally shifted my approach and the response to my work. So nowadays I create less content per week, even though I have a team helping with the creation and the promotion of that content, because we make sure each and every single piece that we push out is tied to this deeper goal and includes clear opportunities for my audience to take action, whether that's downloading a freebie or using an affiliate link for a product or service or joining my email list or signing up for a training. It's less work all around, and it's a more thoughtful, strategic approach to creating that I totally wish I would have had in those early days. It is wild to me when I log into my WordPress and see that I have published thousands of blog posts. And when I think about how I literally posted Monday through Friday, it didn't matter if it was Christmas or New Year's or Labor Day, I was literally just creating for the sake of creating. I want for you to hear this. It is not always about creating more. It's about the strategy behind the creation. So remember that. Don't make the same mistake I did. Don't put yourself on this hamster wheel of creation without tying it to something deeper, a greater end result. Number two, I wish that I had set boundaries that would save me from burnout. So this is one of those things that I know in hindsight would have saved me a lot of exhaustion and kept me from overworking myself. Like if I could actually go back in time and change my mindset, knowing what I know now, things might have looked wildly different. And I honestly struggle with this one because sometimes burnout leads to the breakthrough, but when it hits, it can be so hard and tricky to navigate. The truth about burnout is that it never should be the goal or the destination, but it happens to a lot of entrepreneurs and usually leads to things like better boundaries and more balance if we pay attention and we use that burnout as a signal that something's got to change. I honestly don't think there was any other way for me to learn that hard lesson of realizing that I was pushing myself way too hard and that I had to find a better solution to care for my time, my energy, my health, and to really create actual work and life boundaries from working a set amount of hours and not giving out my phone number to taking every Sunday off and turning down doubleheader wedding weekends. I had to learn the hard way that boundaries aren't selfish. They actually protect you. They protect your creativity. They protect your passion. They protect your longevity in a career. 
There are so many ways to incorporate your own necessary boundaries that can keep you from overworking yourself or hitting burnout. Because the truth is when you start a business, you're usually so passionate and on fire that you find yourself becoming obsessed with the work and that feeling of progress. It's like once you get momentum, you simply cannot stop. You're also busy balancing the pressure of doing your own thing and proving people wrong, which is kind of what my neighbor found. And you're trying to make it. And so when you take a bet on yourself, you're likely going to work even harder. You know that that end result is a reflection of you. And so it's really not shocking that we often hit burnout. The first three years I was on this upward trajectory as a wedding photographer, I was saying yes to just about everything. I did a ton of crazy things. Like one time I shot two weddings in one weekend in different states. I literally finished a wedding in Milwaukee and drove all the way to Minneapolis, hours and hours and hours, only to get a few hours of rest and recharge my gear before the next day. Like I did not necessarily understand how to say no. And I did not really know how to look at what my time was worth. I drove all over the place. I was always available. I said yes to everything. I slept with my computer on my freaking nightstand. Like I spent hours responding to inquiries and answering questions. I even missed some of my best friend's weddings because of client work. And I never, ever preserved or saved weekends to be spent with family or for time off. Like when I look back at that, it's like honestly soul crushing because I'm like, I was so pumped to be doing what I loved, but I also took on so much responsibility and I struggled to say no. I was the yes girl. Like my overzealousness led me to be someone who didn't know how to say no. And I chased more until I was so burnt out that I had totally squashed any passion I had started out with. Like I hit this point where I just wanted to walk away and like my windowless office suddenly became appealing again. I didn't realize at the time that all of those yeses to work meant equal no's to living my life, to being present with the ones that I loved. And for me, it took hitting total burnout and exhaustion to really recognize that more money wasn't making me happy and that I started all of this in order to get my life back, not to sign it away. Well, I eventually, quote, got it and made the decision that I'd rather live on less money to get back my time. It's a decision that absolutely shifted everything for me. Like that decision of saying, you know what? I am willing to say no to six figures. I'm willing to work for 50 K again, just to have a life again, actually change the trajectory of my business. And it would have been nice to have learned this one a little bit quicker, but if you can get out ahead of it, my best advice is this. Try even small ways to protect and value your time and allow for rest to be a part of your workflow by scheduling breaks into your day and allowing at least one full day a week off of work. Like literally, if you're not taking a day off each week, holy Hannah, start there. But please take this advice to just protect yourself from the rock bottom that burnout can be and do it so that you don't end up burning the candle at both ends and ultimately resenting what you do for a living. Like I look at how I went from this like passionate person who wanted to bring her camera everywhere, who just loved the art of photography to somebody who was so burnt out and exhausted that I was like, man, like checking myself into a hospital for exhaustion sounds like a vacation that is not okay. That does not have to be what entrepreneurship looks like. And that should not be the vision you are pursuing right now. 
As we look to the new year, you might be thinking about ways to hit the ground running with your business or even ways to help connect with your customers on a deeper level. We've talked about CRM platforms in the past, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about why they're essential for businesses in 2022. A CRM platform takes any customer interaction, like a sale from your website or clicking on your weekly newsletter, and it transforms that data into valuable insights. Insights like, when do my customers shop? And do my emails really get open more on a Monday? A HubSpot CRM platform is ready to help connect the dots between your business and your customers like never before. HubSpot is consistently working to make its products more connected than ever. With improved custom report builders, you can curate your data your way, making it super easy to review real-time reports on sales, marketing, deals, and more, all with just a few clicks. And if you're looking for cleaner data with a centralized system, The all-new Operations Hub Enterprise gives your team leads the ability to curate data sets for all users, meaning even faster and more consistent reporting. Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help connect your business in 2022 at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Number three, I wish that I had thought beyond my signature service. So we're switching gears here, but since we're going back in time, I want to paint the full picture for you. So I was all in as a wedding photographer. And I honestly was in this stage of life where like, I couldn't believe that I could get paid to photograph people's weddings. It was such a surreal experience. And all I could think of like, was wow, like I'm really doing this. Starting out as a photographer, it was pretty natural to think I only had one thing to offer, which was my photography services. And let's be real, it is wise to master the art of the one thing you want to be known for before expanding into a zillion other offers. I was actually really proud of myself for hitting this point where I was turning down the random family sessions or puppy portrait sessions and telling people, I am a wedding photographer. I specialize in wedding photography. Frankly, that was a really good first step. 
But now looking back, I also realized that there were ways that I could have focused on my one thing, which was photography, while also at least thinking through ways that I could potentially create additional opportunities for revenue around that one thing. Now that I know so much about passive income, digital products, upsells, and affiliate sales, I wish I had been thinking just slightly bigger at the very beginning to give me a taste of what it'd be like and feel like to make some money without always having to trade my time. I mean, at the beginning, most of us are more than willing to trade our time for money. In fact, most times it's the necessary place to begin when starting a business and getting it going from the ground up. But there does come a time of recognizing that the time for money game isn't as freeing as what you had envisioned for entrepreneurship. I mean, where are my fellow service-based friends at? You guys understand the struggle of wanting to show up and serve with your skills, but also wanting to take time off of work occasionally without worrying that the income is just going to completely stop. For me, this reality sunk in when I was actually experiencing our second pregnancy loss And I actually had to show up to shoot a wedding knowing what was going on inside of my body. Like the reality that I had built something that meant that if I didn't show up, I wouldn't get paid hit me like a ton of bricks. So even if you're not ready to expand your offerings or you're not 100% sure what additional ways you want to incorporate more passive income, it's important to think about these things even from the early days to help you take action faster than I did. Now, while I eventually figured it out, it took me a few years, and I wish I would have at least thought about ways to incorporate and add in extra revenue streams, even if I didn't implement them right away. Again, it's great to be a master at one thing to get known for that thing, but don't limit your thinking or your dreaming of other ways that you can bring in revenue, specifically ways that aren't trading your time for money. Number four is this. This is my number one business regret. Okay, let's walk through it. I wish I would have started my email list sooner. Now hear me out. When people ask me like, what is your number one regret? It is this. And I know it sounds so silly and it's not really a shiny thing, but seriously, you guys, your email list is the number one indicator of your business's health and longevity. And it is something I have been talking about literally for years Even before it was cool or people understood why they needed an email list or what they'd send to one if they even had it, I have had so much conviction on this topic that I could talk about it all day. You can literally scroll back and see that I've been talking about email lists for years. So you might have heard the stat that for every $1 spent on email marketing, an average of $42 is made. But did you know the global email marketing market was valued at $7.5 billion in 2020 and is projected to increase to $17.9 billion by 2027? And beyond those stats, there are 4 billion daily email users. So basically, there is ongoing and exponentially growing power and profitability in pointing your marketing efforts towards email, so much so that four out of five marketers say they would rather give up social media than email marketing, and I would 100% fall into that camp. By the way, all of these mind-blowing stats come from the marketing pros over at HubSpot. So my email list is my number one asset in my business. It's my number one focus in my business. It's the number one thing I invest in when it comes to business. And it's the number one way I drive sales in my business. If that doesn't prove how important this point is, well, I'm not sure what will. 
what happened is, is that I didn't start my email list until years into my photography business. And right as I was in the process of starting my side hustle in teaching, it took that pivot for me to realize this and to take action on it because I'd been so distracted by all the other things that I thought I needed to be doing. When I finally knew that I wanted to do something beyond shooting weddings, it felt like I was playing catch up on starting and growing my list. And once I did get started, and I can see now I was so focused on trying to win shiny social media points, points that don't actually lead to a ton of results or extended brand loyalty or conversions. Here's the other point I want to make. I wish I would have started my email list back when I was a wedding photographer because service providers can benefit insanely from the rewards of email marketing. So I wish I wouldn't have looked at it as like something necessary when I entered this digital education space, but I wish that I would have seen it as an asset that was worth pursuing and investing my time and energy and effort into as a service provider. And that would have laid the foundation for my pivot. So when I look back and I was focused on all the shiny things, now I understand the power of a lead or a subscriber and how an email list allows you to thoughtfully serve someone before you ever go to sell to them. I also love the fact that much of email marketing can be automated, meaning when we're talking about trading our time for money or serving and showing up, it gives you this opportunity to know that you can work smarter and not harder, that people can be served while you're resting, that you can set up automations that do the work for you. So beyond being the biggest needle mover for my business, email marketing is also one of the most powerful ways that most small businesses communicate with their audience, keep them informed, and make the most sales. In fact, 64% of small businesses use email marketing to reach customers, and that number is growing as entrepreneurs recognize the role that email should hold in their business. It's important when we look at our marketing efforts to recognize that we don't actually own our social media channels and we can't control the experience we offer followers or the frequency our posts are delivered. But with email, we get this opportunity to show up one-on-one into our audience's inbox for this more tailored, personal way of communicating and building trust. Okay, number five is this. I wish I hadn't hid behind my work for so long. It's my last regret. This one is a really easy regret because looking back, I can 100% see and understand why it happened. When you jump into something new, imposter syndrome lurks around every corner. And our biggest desire is to simply blend in and try to fit into our industry so that no one can call us out or call our bluff. I mean, the truth is, as creators and creatives and entrepreneurs, unless you are the face of your brand, it is way too easy to hide your bright and shining face and your one-of-a-kind personality behind your work and instead just push your products and your work into the feeds and hope that they can speak for themselves. Like I see it so often with artists and photographers and writers and VAs and social media managers and coaches. I mean, it happens to all of us. And I get it because I did the same thing early on in my photography business. I didn't post any photos of myself or my life until about year three. And truth was, I thought people just wanted to see my work and my photos of clients because after all, that was what I could offer for them and the service that they'd be most interested in booking. But looking back now, I can see how I was playing small and trying to blend in. And I lived with this belief that my work would speak for itself. But what I failed to recognize was that if people connected with me, then they were far more likely to appreciate and want to invest in my work. By hiding who I was, I was actually doing my clients and my audience a disservice. 
Sprout Social shared that 70% of consumers feel more connected to brands with CEOs who are active on social media, which honestly makes sense when we think about our own user habits. Like we like connecting with other people and real faces and personalities, not just logos or faceless graphics or products. So when I use a time machine to look at my early website, it was literally just like everyone else's. It was wildly generic. There was zero personality. And I thought it didn't matter that people just wanted to follow along for my services. But I failed to see that people wanted an experience from me if they were going to work intimately with me as their wedding photographer. And honestly, I failed to acknowledge that I wanted people to choose me for me, not just for the end product. We all talk about this no like, and trust factor in business and why it's so important, especially as a small business. And it's undeniable that there needs to be this level of trust between your client and you, especially if you don't just want to get picked because you're the cheapest or because your price is the lowest. The quickest way to grow trust is to be true to you, to show off who you are, to share more of the humans behind the offers. There's going to be a lot of people out there who do what you do, but there won't be anyone else who can do it the exact same way that you do it. You are the only person with your story and your outlook and your you-ness. Sharing pieces of your life, your personality, your heart through images of you or stories about your life and your thoughts, beliefs, or values, it allows people to connect not just with your business, but with the mission and the heartbeat behind that business. You want to build a true brand and a true brand has a personality and you as a human, as a founder, as a creative has a personality. So don't just hide behind your business. Don't let yourself believe that your worth is found in your output, but really share about who you are and why you do what you do because people will respect you and your work so much more and they'll choose you simply because it's you. Trust me on this one. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough, but I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. 
Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So now you know all of my deepest, darkest regrets. (laughs) Just kidding. But seriously, in reality, these are things that I'm actually really glad to be able to look back and say, well, now I know better and I can do better. And in that sense, they are all pieces of my entrepreneurial story and journey that I'm honestly proud of because they obviously led me to good things like creating better boundaries and learning to lean into my values and to understand who I am better and get creative with my strategies. So I want to know, what do you think? Like, I hope you can take my mistakes and use them for your own benefit. Please do that for the sake of this episode. And maybe you can even cut a few years of your learning curves off while you're at it. It's always fun taking a walk down memory lane with you. So thank you for being here. And just like I told my neighbor, I want to tell you this. You are worth it. The visions you hold for yourself are worth it. It is not your job to get anyone else to buy your vision. Your vision is yours and yours alone. If people want to be the naysayers, if they want to strike you down, if they want to make you doubt what you're doing, let them do that. It's usually a reflection of their own insecurity. But I promise you, if you bet on yourself, if you go all in, if you believe that you are worth betting on and that you can invest in yourself, man, I can't wait to see what you do. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you go for it. I hope you learn from my mistakes and I would love to hear from you. Hop on over to Instagram at Gold Digger Podcast and leave a little message. Tell me what your greatest regret is or what you learned. Like I love reading and hearing from you about these episodes. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thank you so much for being a part of the Gold Digger movement. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.